0: Well, I take an artist or a band and listen to their work, then I put them on a list like a music critic jerk, then I put them all in order from the best to the worst, but you probably won't like my choice for first, I don't care. You might think this idea is dumb, you're wrong, it's actually random. Random. Hello and welcome to another edition of Random Album Rankings. My name is B.C. Thank you so much for joining me. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at random.album. Well, it's almost time. It's almost the end of season two. And after this week, there are three more episodes left chronicling these next five weeks. Wait a minute. What do you mean three episodes and five weeks. You taking another hiatus? No, 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 no. No, we've got this week's episode and then I've got two more coming up in these next couple weeks and then I've got that three-part episode dedicated to Prince with a big-ass discography that the purple one has provided to all of us. Three parts, three episodes, three weeks. That's how it's going to work. Trust me on this one. And we're going to continue the California vibe these next couple weeks, too. Last week, I was talking about Green Day. This week, I'm tackling the funky rock band Red Hot Chili Peppers. And next week, a bit of a switch as far as the music goes, as I'll be chronicling the discography of the one and only country superstar, Dwight Yoakam. How does that fit into California, you ask? Well, for those of you who have been following Yoakam's career for a very long time his big hero is Bakersfield California native Buck Owens so we're gonna get a little bit of that Bakersfield sound on next week's episode of random and I am really excited about that one as well but that's next week this week tackling the one and only red hot chili peppers now there's rumors of a new album coming out this year uh, which is quickly ending faster than we want to believe but i i don't see that happening i'm assuming it'll come out next year i'm assuming there'll be a tour next year you and i will know at the same time at some point as soon as the delta variant and all that bullshit gets squared away or there's one way that can get flattened so we can all enjoy you know getting back to normal the right way please uh that'll be great so uh and i i try not to make this a political uh uh, podium for random because you don't come on random you don't tune into random album rankings to hear me talk politics uh i just want to say for the fuck's sake get vaccinated please so that we can all enjoy having regular lives again. I can't stress that shit enough, people. That That's all I'm going to say. So before I go off the deep end, here's the history and some facts about Red Hot Chili Peppers. That's what you wanted, right? Well, here we go. You know, if you could just tackle the history of the Red Hot Chili Peppers in five minutes, it would be very difficult, but you know something? I'm gonna give it my best shot, folks. The Red Hot Chili Peppers are an American rock band formed in Los Angeles in 1983. Their music incorporates elements of alternative rock, funk, punk rock, and psychedelic rock. The band currently consists of vocalist Anthony Kiedis, bassist Flea, drummer Chad Smith, and guitarist John Frusciante. With over 80 million records sold worldwide, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are one of the best-selling bands of all time. They are also the most successful band in the history of alternative rock, with the records for most number one singles, 13, most cumulative weeks at number one, a whopping 85, and most top 10 singles, with a total of 25, on the Billboard Alternative Songs chart. They have won six grammys and in 2012 were inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame the red hot chili peppers were formed in los angeles by Keitas flea guitarist Hilla slovak and drummer jack irons because of commitments to other bands slovak and irons did not play on the band's 1984 self-titled debut album which instead featured guitarist jack sherman and drummer cliff martinez Slovak would rejoin for their second album, Freaky Styly, and Irons would show up for the Uplift MoFo party plan. Slovak tragically died of a drug overdose on June 25, 1988. Devastated, Jack Irons left the band. With new recruits for Shanti and Smith, the Red Hot Chili Peppers recorded Mother's Milk in 1989 and their first major commercial success, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Fruscianti was uncomfortable with their newfound popularity and left abruptly on tour in 1992. He was replaced by a number of short-term guitarists before culminating in the addition of Dave Navarro, of Jane's Addiction fame, who appeared on the group's sixth album, One Hot Minute. Although successful, the album failed to match the critical or popular acclaim of its predecessor. Fruscianti and Kita struggled with drug addiction throughout the 1990s. In 1998, following Navarro's departure, Frashanti rejoined the band and released their seventh album, Californication, in 1999. The album became the the band's biggest commercial success with 16 million copies sold worldwide, following in 2002 with By The Way and Stadium Arcadium in 2006, which were also successful. Frusanti left the band again in 2009 to focus on his solo career, he was replaced by Josh Klinghoffer, who appeared on I'm With You in 2011 and The Getaway in 2016. In February 2019, the Chili Peppers began a month-long tour featuring their first headlining shows in Australia in 12 years, including their first show in Tasmania, which was briefly halted due to power outage. Klinghoffer around this time would release his debut solo album, To Be One With You, on November 22, 2019, featuring Flea and former Chili Peppers drummer Jack Irons. On November 2, 2019, the Chili Peppers performed at a charity event at the Silver Lake Conservatory of Music in Los Angeles. This would be their final show with Klinghoffer, who on December 15, 2019, announced that Klinghoffer was splitting with the band and Shanti would rejoin the band soon after. Klinghoffer has said there is no animosity, saying, quote, It's absolutely John's place to be in the band. I'm happy that he's back with them. On August 2020, former Chili Peppers guitarist Jack Sherman died at the age of 64. The band issued a statement thanking him for all times good, bad, and in between. On May 3rd, 2021, it was reported that the Red Hot Chili Peppers would sell their back catalog to Hypnosis Songs Fund, for around 140 to 150 million dollars and the news you've been waiting for on august 2021 rick rubin confirmed he was producing a brand new red hot chili peppers album and that it was near completion and now that you know a little bit and then some about the red hot chili peppers let's get to ranking to do a little spiel before i officially start the ranking but here goes no live albums no greatest hits no eps no box sets no dvds none of that is going to be on this list only the studio albums of their entire career got it good you know i've always said that when your first album is your worst album You're doing something right. But that's only if you've had a long, illustrious career. The same can't be said about acts like The Shags or Kevin Federline. And that's pretty much all I can think of right now. It's their only album, and it's their worst album. So there you go. However, with 11 albums, to say that their first album is their worst, that's not really an insult. So kicking off my list at number 11 from 1984, the self-titled debut album from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. This album was produced by Andy Gill, who's the guitarist for Gang of Four. And from what I've read in Anthony Kiedis' Scar Tissue autobiography, if you've never read it, I highly suggest you give that a read. It is very in-depth and it is one of the most harrowing experiences and reads about heroin addiction. Now, thankfully, I've never touched the stuff. And after reading this book, I don't plan on it. And if you're listening, you shouldn't either. But that goes without saying. But uh, anyway, I'm digressing, getting somewhat off topic. But in scar tissue, has described Andy Gill as kind of an asshole, and I agree with that. I mean. Come on, Gang of Four, one of the most influential punk bands of all time, and you can't put your classic albums on streaming services? Yeah, you're an asshole, and you deserve to have flea shitting in your pizza box at one time. That's in the book. Read it if you don't believe me. So anyway, and should be noted, produced by Andy Gill of Gang of Four, this is, as I mentioned in the history, the self-titled debut is the only Peppers album that features the late Jack Sherman on guitar. Because Hila Slovak was busy with another band. And Jack Irons, of course, was not on until the third album. So Cliff Martinez was playing drums. Now, saying their first album is their worst album, is it really a bad album? Ah, It's by no means a masterpiece, let me tell you. And listening to the album, thankfully... The band has gotten better over the years. We should all be fortunate for that. But i got to say, it was really hard to figure out one highlight off the album. Uh, I know the single, the only single that was released off of there, which didn't do anything, was Get Up and Jump. Uh, There was a cover of Hank Williams Sr.'s Why Don't You Love Me, which was kind of interesting. Out in L.A. was... Definitely an interesting jam. Police Helicopter was fun. But I think the one track that I'd have to go with, as far as a highlight from the self titled release, is the track that kicks off the album True Men Don't Kill Coyotes. Much like Get Up and Jump, there was a video for True Men Don't Kill Coyotes, but it was neither here nor there. It ran late at night, I'm sure, but nobody knew about it. And this album also didn't even chart the Billboard 200. In fact, it peaked at number 201, meaning it was in the bubbled under charts for like two months before fading into oblivion. And honestly, this album... Oof. Yeah, I wish this album had faded into oblivion. There's, there's really nothing special about this album. It was just basically a band of misfits getting together and playing like they don't give a shit. Which is fine. They have gotten better. But at least they give a shit now playing like they don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? Confused? So am I. Uh, I don't really have much else to say about this album so let's just jump right into the top 10. boy that was quick (laughs) i'm kidding uh coming in at number 10 is the most recent release from the chili peppers the getaway from 2016. i gotta give first off the album cover is so bizarre got a little girl walking on the sidewalk with the raccoon and a bear and there's a bird on one of the posts and graffiti on the doors it's definitely an interesting album cover per se and uh the packaging actually it's it's not even a picture it's a painting by uh, Kevin Peterson who had said quote the Red Hot Chili Peppers wanted to use one of my paintings Coalition 2 for the cover for their upcoming album I told him that's cool but Don't help me for autographs. I would think the Chili Peppers were meant of their words. I don't know. Uh, And Anthony Kiedis was stoked about the album cover too. It really is a damn good album cover saying, uh, quote, normally we get a little more highbrow artsy and this just felt extremely warm and human, even though it's animals. It felt human. And it's also us. Chad is the bear. Josh is the girl. Flea is the raccoon and me is the funny little raven out front. Yeah, uh, I can definitely, uh, Josh is the girl. Boy, no wonder he left the band. I don't know if that's the reason, but uh, just go with it. Uh, Speaking of Josh, this would be the final album to feature Josh Klinghoffer on guitarist. Now, am I putting down Josh Klinghoffer's work as the Chili Pepper? Absolutely not. The kid is super talented. And even though "Getaway" and "I'm with You" aren't necessarily my go-to's for Chili Peppers, they're both they're both stellar albums. And Kling offers guitar work is pretty damn good. I I do say underrated of the guitars that have been in the band. I will go that far. Uh, as far as picking out a highlight from the album, uh, I could take the easy way out and go with dark necessities mainly because my lovely wife and producer jc is a little biased because the video is directed by one of her idols olivia wilde but and great video great song Uh, goodbye angels was another possibility go robot was another one dreams dreams of a samurai was dumb but interesting but i think my personal pick off of the getaway that begs to be listened to was the one that included Elton John and Bernie Taupin on songwriting credit. In fact, there was an interpolation of Benny and the Jets on this one. The song I'm talking about, Sick Love. Stick and your move you living in a quick world got a heavy It was definitely an interesting listen i've probably only heard it maybe three times that that's why it's so far down on the list i've only listened to it three times since it had come out once when it came out uh once during a road trip with my wife uh, at the time my fiance because we got married two years after the album came out and the third and final time was when i was listening to red hot chili peppers to figure out which album was going to go where and i think i'm going to stick with this being at number 10. it's not a terrible album i think it could have been a lot better but we'll never know i uh, wish josh klinghoffer the best of luck and if his solo career does continue to go the way it does i'm pretty sure he's gonna sky's the limit for him Uh, I should also point out uh, this was also produced by Danger Mouse, which was a change of pace since Rick Rubin was usually the producer for Chili Peppers albums, at least during uh, 1989 up until 2011. And as I mentioned in the history and facts, Rick Rubin is producing album number 12, which is going to be an interesting listen when and once it comes out. So I'm excited for it hopefully it'll be better than the getaway that's that's at this point that's all i can hope for moving right along coming in at number nine from 1987 this is a bittersweet one the uplift mofo party plan this is the third album in the career of the red hot chili peppers and it's bittersweet because this would also be the last album to feature Hill Slovak before his death from a drug overdose one year later. And this would also be the only full length album to feature Jack Irons who would leave because of his uh, being grief stricken over the death of Slovak. There were a couple of tracks here that I really thought about playing. And for those wondering no, I am not going to play "Party on Your Pussy." Forget it. The song sucks. I'm not playing that as a highlight. Be grateful. I actually got to say that song title. That's the closest we're going to get to it. But uh, it's not a bad album. Definitely a. A guilty pleasure album, if you will, just based on the song title I just mentioned. Uh, Behind the Sun was a defi- definitely a highlight. Fight Like a Brave, it was really close. Debate between Fight Like a Brave and Behind the Sun to play for you. But at the end of the day, uh, I have to go with Behind the Sun as my highlight from MoFo Party Plan. The song goes up, the song like the heart of the summer pound. The song I could have done without no, not that one. No, the song I could have done without was their take on subterranean homesick blues, mainly because it was a pretty sloppy cover. I think it could have been better with a little tweaking. I mean their covers are usually pretty good, and we'll talk. I'll talk about that uh, much later on in the show. Uh, I also got to give props to their take on Havana Fair, the Ramones track when for the uh, We're Happy Family tribute album. That was good, but I can't get behind their version of Subterranean Homesick Blues. It just, yeah, it was just way too sloppy. So that I could do without. Me and My Friends was interesting. Backwoods was your standard Chili Peppers fare. Skinny Sweaty Man, No Chump Love Sucker, Walking on Down the Road. Uh, I really suggest you check out the uh, remastered edition that came out in 2003 of MoFo Party Plan. The instrumental demos for Behind the Sun and me and my friends are definitely solid. And it's really a shame that Slovak is no longer with us because it really showed what that man was capable of died way too young r.i.p Hilla slovak and as of this writing uplift mofo party plan was certified gold and obviously they thought very highly of the album that fight like a brave and behind the sun were both included on the what hits greatest hits collection so there's that for sure and yeah, who knows what could have happened if Hillis Slovak had still been in the band. Unfortunately, we'll never know. I'm pretty sure the album at number eight would not have happened. Double albums. They're a huge undertaking. If done properly could be defined as a masterpiece like the white album from the beatles or exile on main street by the rolling stones and to a point embryonic by the flaming lips and transistor by 311 to name a few and of course let's not forget the uh, double and triple albums from the clash london calling and santa respectively so once in a while Somebody makes the bold effort, an artist makes a bold effort, to put out a double album. And by the time of the release of Stadium Arcadium, which was the ninth album of their career, the Chili Peppers decided, hey, it's time to do a double album. Now, I get it. I really enjoyed the first single, Danny California, despite it being played to death on the radio and every hour on the hour on vh1 and mtv it takes a lot to put out a double album where half the album isn't filler and that is the problem i have with stadium arcadium out of a two hour and three minute album split between two discs half of it is And for that reason, I have Stadium Arcadium from 2006 at number eight. I honest to God believe if this had just been a single disc, I probably would have ranked it higher. But unfortunately, in this case, I do think it is a disappointment. And it really, really had potential to be a damn good double album. It could have been talked about much like the White Album, much like Blonde on Blonde, much like London Calling, and all the albums I just talked about that have been successful double albums. But this time around, I can't really say the same about Stadium Arcadium. Uh, This would wind up being the final album to feature John Frusciante before he would leave the band in 2009 and return a decade later. It's really hard to pick a couple, of good highlights a couple of highlights from stadium arcadium i could take the easy way out and play danny california but i'm not going to do that uh one thing i am going, one song i am going to play off of the jupiter disc and there is quite a few to choose from uh danny california charlie is an underrated deep cut hump to bump was goofy fun uh what sand was interesting but I kind of had to go with what I can honestly God say is one of my all-time favorite Red Hot Chili Pepper tunes, Snow, Heya, which is the second track off of the first disc. And oddly enough, it became the theme song that year for Wrestlemania? I lay it on, come get the on, all my life to sacrifice. Hey, oh, listen what I say. I'm not sure where they got the lyrics to, the where Vince McMahon got the lyrics to this out of promoting a wrestling event, but it must have worked. It was definitely a popular theme song, despite getting a few uh, odd looks, including me. And I love the song, but neither here nor there. Uh, really a, a good track. Also went to number one, just like that Danny California did. And it's kind of sort of cheating. Because with the past albums that I had been talking about, I only played one track each. But because this is a double album, I figured I'd give you a little freebie and play my favorite track from the Mars album. In this case, I kind of went with Tell Me Baby. I'll take you to the and you see these laptops. Of- Again, had this been one album, I think it would have been a higher-ranked album. The Mars Disc, I think, is the one that had more filler than anything. Uh, Desecration Smile was good. Uh, Hard to Concentrate was a very mature and very emotional love song from the Chili Peppers, which you know has been taken out of... Love Songs and Chili Peppers can be uh, a mixed bag, and Hard to Concentrate is definitely not a mixed bag it is a damn solid album that the damn solid song that the peppers should be proud of uh animal bar was interesting uh storm in a teacup was good Uh, i did like death of a martian i applauded the experimentation on that one Uh, as far as other tracks on jupiter on the first disc yeah i i already talked about that danny california snow charlie humped a bump wet sand honestly talking about those tracks in the first disc and a few tracks from the second disc had that been combined into one album one disc i think i would have ranked it a little higher that's just my opinion i know people swear some people swear by that the double album is actually brilliant and there is a small few a small selection of chili peppers fans that swear by stadium arcadium is their best album i will give them a little bit of credit yeah okay got nominated for album of the year at the grammy awards that year uh losing to dixie chicks uh taking the long way around album which i'm sorry that was the best selection and that was the most deserving of those uh, album of the year winners So be that as it may, uh, I wish I could say something a little more positive about Stadium Arcadium, but it was just a little bit of killer, but mostly filler. I'm sorry to break it to all of you. So let's uh, keep on rolling. We've got, wow, we've got seven albums left to talk about. And my pick for number seven is the first album, with Josh Klinghoffer on guitar replacing John Furshanti from 2011, I'm with you. And this would be the 10th album of their career. And I have to say, it got a bad rap upon release. I, I mean, I was skeptical just because I'm so used to Furshanti and Navarro, because that's when I started listening to the Peppers. Forgive me. But, uh, Klinghoffer, you know, I figured I'd give him a shot. And listening to The Adventures of Rain Dance, Maggie, definitely a good track. I really enjoyed the uh, upbeat uh, street corner style music that they had uh, recorded and performed on this song. I enjoyed that. Monarchy of Roses was good. Brendan's Death Song was another underrated track that I felt should have been a little better uh let's see what else you did i let you know was horribly underrated police station was good but my favorite track off of here was another number one hit on the alternative charts i had to go with the arms it was a top 10 hit i forgot rain dance maggie was the only number one hit off of i'm with you sorry a lot i lost my place on my notes uh, but look around despite only going as high as number eight on the alternative charts i really thought that was probably the best song on the album, in my humble opinion. Much like what I described Klinghoffer when talking about the getaway earlier, um, I really think he's a very uh, talented musician. Klinghoffer just definitely had a different style that he added to the peppers much like Frushanti had his own style much like dave navarro had his own style and much like hillel slovak had his own style that was just the way it is it's just a different style and i i think he could have survived maybe a couple more albums but neither here nor there he was focused on doing a solo career wish him well on that one Uh, for back i'm happy about that but klinghoffer i think he did a damn good job with the short time he was in the band i'm with you i think was the better of the two albums that klinghoffer was part of and uh i highly recommend that you give that one a listen i i do think it was one of the most underrated albums of the 2010s and definitely one of the most uh, underappreciated uh, of the chili peppers discography moving right along coming in at number six i went with freaky Styli from 1985 and this would be the debut of hillel slovak on guitars and this would also wind up being the final album to feature cliff martinez on drums less than 40 minutes long it is definitely funky as funky can get and why wouldn't it their producer George Clinton of Parliament, and Funkadelic Fame, Maggot Brain, Mothership Connection. Those albums are fucking fantastic. Shame on you if you've never listened to those. I highly suggest you do once this episode is over. Uh, There are only a couple of singles released off of the album, and uh, again, difficult to choose. I... They had an interesting version of Dr. Seuss's Yertle the Turtle, the popular kids' book. Turned that one into a song. That was interesting. Uh, Jungle Man, the opening track, was another solid one. But I think my personal favorite was their take on the meter song Africa, which they uh, reworked and added their own lyrics to and called it Hollywood. Hollywood. That most people tend to shy away from the uh, mid to late 80s chili peppers and you know mofo party plan and the self-titled aside it really wasn't that bad of an era. it's just a different it was just basically the peppers trying to figure out who they're going to be and from 1984 with their self-titled debut up to freaky style leading into mother's milk they went from playing like they didn't give a shit, to playing like they had a purpose. And I'll get to Mother's Milk a little bit later on the show. In the meantime, uh, I'm going to take a break, pause, pay some bills. And when we come back, I have my top five favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers albums of all time. Stick around. Welcome back to Random Album Rankings. And you know, this is the kind of episode I really wish I had the time to do a random bonus episode for this because this is where I've really got to decide what songs to choose from from each album, which I I do anyway, but I really would have loved to have done a top 10 favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers songs episode. But maybe I'll do that at some point. Uh, Not this season, obviously, but sometime next year, knock on wood. Uh, And the reason I am talking about this now is we are now in the top five. And my pick for number five from 2002 is the eighth album of their career. By the way, I really thought this deserved a lot more love uh, from the fans at the time it has since grown to be considered by many to be one of their best albums if not the best and man oh man this is a very good album i can honestly say this was probably the chili peppers at their most melodic and the lyrical content there was more personal uh reflections from Keatus at this point and the singles that were released off of it were stellar. The title track, for sure. Uh, the, Z- the Zephyr song, which got played on adult contemporary and hot adult contemporary radio. Uh, universally speaking, was underrated, for sure. And I did like the uh, country sound of cabron. For those of you who don't know what that means, cabron is Spanish for... Um, Asshole, or no, uh, it's actually jerk. Pendejo is asshole. The things you learn uh, when you're when you speak Spanish. <laughs> but uh, picking and choosing, picking and choosing which tracks to play off of, by the way, just to really give you a good example of what to expect from this album was really hard. But with the exception of one song, I can honestly say. Without hesitation, uh, my second favorite Chili Pepper song of all time is on the By The Way album, and I am talking about Dosed. It only got as high as number 13. It's a a five-and-a-half-minute track, but it is such... It's The structure for it just sounds so complicated because you have four guitars playing uh but played by both john for and flea and they're completely different riffs the entire length of the song and you have the chorus sung by uh john for and anthony kiedis together in harmony and they're trading off the verses as well which i was just fucking brilliant such a beautiful song Uh, i'll tell you when i was living up north Driving along a stretch of highway or open road in the freezing cold, and that song is playing. There's something about it that just kind of warms your soul, and just you know, you forget for like for at least five minutes. You forget all the bullshit that's going on around you. It's just such a beautiful track from start to finish. And only imagine what a video for dosed would have been like and i really wish this got a little more airplay and a little more notoriety more familiarity than it did because dosed is just i i honestly think it, it is one of the chili peppers best songs and it's one of my all-time favorite tracks uh the other one i'd have to go with i really just Dig the funkiness. Furshanti's guitar on point. Chad on drums is stellar. And uh, the song I'm talking about is the one that people really lean towards as their best, the the best song on the album. Can't stop addicted to the Shindig. Chop top, it says I'm gonna win big. Choose not to life of imitation. Distant cousin do to. The- I got to say, I really enjoyed the video for Can't Stop. If you've never seen it, uh, go on YouTube and check it out. It is really, really a trip and a half. It was a number one hit on the Modern Rock charts, lasting lasting about three weeks. And it basically looks like they're in a museum and abstract paintings, sculptures. And the chili peppers are all part of that. They're all part of the artwork. It's just Definitely a trip and a half, and a fun video. The album itself is fantastic. I can't stress that enough. It was really hard to pick songs off the album to play for you off this album, and it was really uh, hard to put this no higher than five. But especially with this, the album I have coming up at number four, this one really polarized a lot of people i think the main reason people hated the album i have at number four so much is because people seem to associate dave navarro with nastiness and just sleaziness and everything and yeah but he was the guitarist in jane's addiction and they're one of the best bands of all time and I thought Dave Navarro really put some fucking edge on the album I have at number four. I am talking about One Hot Minute. You either really loved the album or you really hated the album. And unfortunately, a lot of people hated that album. And I, I, I get it. After Blood Sugar Sex Magic, John Frusciati is just a genius on the guitar. But if you really pay close attention, just listening to One Hot Minute, it really is a great listen. It's it's not, I mean, it's not a happy listen throughout the album. Let's get that out of the way. Especially with the lyrical content, the psychedelic trip, it's basically what it feels like to be on heroin performed in a uh, hour long album and just, it is a it's a frustrating listen but it is definitely worth it in the long run it did sell two million copies which compared to blood sugar sex magic selling much more than that Uh, at this point they are certified that album certified diamond that was considered a disappointment how the fuck can you consider an album with an opening track like warped to be a disappointment This album's definitely got some balls. I got to say that for sure. It is between Flea's bass playing and Navarro's guitar work, I really thought they uh, clicked on this album. It's it's a very dirty list it's it's a very dirty production on this one for sure, especially uh, even with Rick Rubin on production, but one hot minute Oh, my God, Warped is definitely an underrated track. I didn't really care for my friends, and I'm sorry, I don't like Aeroplane. That song sucks. I'm, I can't – that's all I'm going to say about it. I'm going to keep on going. Deep Kick was an interesting exp- – most of the tracks on here – I'm going to sound like a broken record. I'm going to try my best not to, but most of the tracks on here are definitely experimental, like Deep Kick. A uh, walk about, uh, coffee shop was a song that didn't get much airplay on alternative radio. I liked Flea's uh, anti-violence acoustics solo performance of "P." Uh, the title track was also good. Transcending was the most metal, heavy metal sounding the band has ever sounded. I don't think they've even gotten this hard and heavy since at least not from the last few albums. This was definitely a departure for those that were into, they got into the Chili Peppers via Mother's Milk and uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. It's definitely a trip, but you really need to give it a listen. I think it's underrated, it's underappreciated, it is a guilty pleasure, and the album deserves more love. I mean, uh, one big mob is another great track on here that really is a straight up banger. Unfortunately, with the record sales for one hot minute being such a disappointment, the de- Dave Navarro did depart the band at around, in around 1998. And that's unfortunate. I really think he could have lasted maybe one more album. I mean, yes, I know he wouldn't have gotten Californication, but Navarro, I felt, didn't get much of a chance to shine as a guitarist for the Chili Peppers. So before I say farewell to the Navarro era and go into my pick for number three, I want to give one quick shout out to their awesome kick ass cover of Love Roller Coaster from the Beavis and Butthead to America soundtrack. Can we do that? Thanks. Before I announce my top three, I completely spaced out another book written by a chili pepper. I gotta recommend Acid is for the Children by Michael Balseri better known as their bassist Flea. It's a very in-depth look at his personal life, his childhood, his family, his musical influences. He doesn't really dive into how he joined the chili peppers because he just kind of sort of talked about that anyway in his book, Scar Tissue, but I thought Acidus for the Children is a very thorough read. And I dare say it's a lot better than Scar Tissue, which isn't a knock towards Scar Tissue because that's a damn good autobiography too. But Asked for the Children, I really thought was a pretty good read. And I recommend if you've never read any of these books yet, you're a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, what the hell? Get on that. So I got you two book recommendations on this week's episode. You're welcome. Now, with that said, it's time to announce my top three. Coming in at number three was an album that wound up being a turning point for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. By this time, Hillel Slovak had passed away, Jack Irons had left the band, and enter John Frusciante and Chad Smith on guitars and drums, respectively. And it was for Shanti's influence that, well, had a bit of a change in rhythm and sound for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Also, Michael Beinhorn will return as producer, and there will be a little more heavy metal riffs and a controversial use of overdubbing in this one. I'm talking about the album from 1989, Mother's Milk. Now, this got mixed reviews. Despite being a much better seller than their previous albums at that point. This got mixed reviews upon release, mainly because of the overdubbing. But as the years had gone by, it really turned out to be one of their best albums. I dare say it is in my top three. It really is a good album. Uh, I hesitated listening to it for a number of years just because, I don't know, I was so used to Blood Sugar, Californication by that point. Uh, But a friend of mine had suggested Mother's Milk was his favorite Chili Peppers album. That and One Hot Minute, which I got to give him props for. One Hot Minute is an underrated album. But I already talked about that and I already said that about One Hot Minute. Mother's Milk really deserves your attention as well. And this album was dedicated to the memory of Hillel Slovak, who is... uh, gone but not forgotten who knows what could have happened with that band had slovak still been the band we'll never know but with frushanti and chad joining the band this was pretty much the beginning of the kick in the ass this band needed and it really starts off strong too first you have good time boys which samples uh bands like fishbone and X. And good five-minute funky jam really sets the mood and then you get into the song that the album is famous for i mentioned that they usually do a good job with covers i put down their version of subterranean homesick blues but there are a couple of good covers on here and the one that they are most well known for on here as far as their covers are concerned is stevie wonder's epic higher ground there's some really weird tracks on here immediately afterwards you got subway to venus you've got the oddball magic johnson which is self-explanatory what the song is about or is it wink wink nudge nudge nobody weird like me uh the other song i really i really it was really hard to pick another highlight to play for you but i really really enjoyed knock me down Taste the Pain, Stone Cold Bush, Fire, which is a Jimi Hendrix cover, and not a bad take on it, if I do say so myself. I mean, there's a sloppiness, but at the same time, for the Chili Peppers, this song works. But between that and Higher Ground, I still say Higher Ground is the better of the two covers on this album. And gotta talk about Pretty Little Diddy. When it originally came out, it was only a minute 35. When it was re-released in the 2003 remastered edition, it got extended by about half. So now it's a three-minute track, but Pretty Little Ditty, If you may recall, that little guitar riff from Freshanti was sampled on Crazy Town's 2001 one-hit wonder, Butterfly. And that would be played ad nauseum for the whole year, and that riff was played throughout that entire track. So, honestly, listening to Pretty Little Diddy by itself was a little, well, you know what, you're not really missing much because that was pretty much all it was, was the guitar riff and just a quick little jam session before they go into punk rock classic, sexy Mexican maid, and the album closer, Johnny, kick a hole in the sky, which is a damn good track too. It was really hard to determine which two songs to play for you. If I could get away with it, I'd play the entire album for you. I, I could do that for this for their entire discography if I wanted to, but I can't because uh, I don't have the money to pay for royalty fees to the peppers. You understand? Uh, the two thousand three remaster edition had some demos. He had an extended ver- extended versions of "Knock Me Down," "Sexy Mexican Made," more Hendrix covers from uh, live performances. "Castles Made of Sound," uh, "Castles Made of Sand," "Crosstown Traffic," uh, songs that made us what we are today. Which is a thirteen minute demo session. Very interesting, but Mother's Milk overall is definitely an album that i felt didn't get a good rap when it first came out but now more than ever i do think it's a horribly underrated album from the 80s run of the red hot chili peppers and with that said i said for had to definitely change the momentum in the pepper sound when he joined the band in 1989. we fast forward 10 years later to what I believe is one of the best albums, not only from them, but of the decade and possibly of all time. I am talking, of course, about Californication from 1999. It really started off with a bang with the release of first single, Scar Tissue. 16 weeks at number one on the alternative charts. It was the number one song of 1999. Uh, It did really well on pop and even adult contemporary, if you can believe that. Uh, The album opener, Around the World, had a pretty kooky video. There's really not a bad song on here, uh, with the exception of maybe... mm, I didn't care for I Like Dirt. But otherwise, the album's amazing. Around the World, Parallel Universe, Scar Tissue... Other Side was another great song. Get On Top was reminiscent of the early 80s Chili Peppers tunes, so that was a fun one. Uh, One highlight, I have to say, and I blame it on the music video, one highlight off of here is the title track of Californication. I love the video. It was a tribute to video games and just you got anthony kiedis going through a hollywood back lot you have flea going underwater you have chad smith and uh blah. blah, blah. i and john Frusciante doing their own i lost my train of thought this is how much of a head trip this video was but i really loved the music video for this and i really felt this should have one video of the year at the MTV Awards. And I completely understand why Eminem beat them in Blink-182 that year. I know he was popular. Yes, it was a fun video too. But looking back, was it really the video of the year? No, that would be Californication without a doubt. Mary McEll, be my favorite to the world, be my very own constellation. A teenage guy with a baby getting high on information and buy me a, a it's Rick Rubin would return as producer for the band again. This has been going on since Blood Sugar Sex Magic and One Hot Minute and Rick Rubin has been a constant as far as uh, producing their work is concerned. It is seriously a great album and I remember after I graduated from high school, I, with the graduation money I got from gifts from family members and whatnot, I did use a little bit of that money to buy that album and <clears throat> Astro Lounge by Smash Mouth. Uh, one of those aged better than the other, and we're talking about it right now. It was definitely a turning point as far as my tastes in music go. Uh, I associated Californication with you know getting out of the immaturity and the stress of high school and figuring out where the future was going to take me and i was heading into college and californication was definitely one of those albums that i listened to and it is definitely the most mature sounding this band has sounded at that point californication was a band growing up despite uh, the lyrics and get on top but uh, easily Porcelain is a good one Emmett Remus I like Dirt again I'm not a big fan of that one this Velvet Glove right on time was a quick little ditty and I have to say I really love the album closer not many people I don't think many people put this in their favorite Red Hot Chili Pepper songs list, but I loved the mellowness of Road Tripping. So much has come before those battles lost and won. This life is shining more forever in the sun. Now let us check our hits and let us check the surf. It is an amazing album from start to finish. And I have to say, I love, love, the album cover on here. If, uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to explain it when you're just listening to a podcast, but if you've ever seen the album cover, you have what looks like the water in the pool representing the sky. And in the pool, you have red sky and clouds, which shows the darkness in this album as well. By this point, I mean, the themes on here, or death, suicide, as was the case of Other Side and Parallel Universe. Uh, California, No Shit, Sherlock, was a big theme. Uh, drug, sobriety, travel, globalization. Just an incredible album. And it's a very m- more melodic compared to the previous albums, especially more melodic than... Blood Sugar, and One Hot Minute, and I cannot, I mean, I do listen to Californication quite a bit more, and I almost wanted to put this as my number one album, because I did find myself listening to this album and enjoying this album a lot more than the album I have at number one. So why is Californication at number two, despite the fact that I'm praising this and liking this a lot more than my pick for number one? Because my pick for number one, it may sound like a cop out and I try my best not to always go with the popular one as the best one. I try my best not to always go with the best seller as their best one. But when you get right down to it, my pick for the album at number one, it may be the most popular, it may be the best seller, but let's be honest, it's the album that everybody uh, first listened to when they got into it, into this band. And it really is a damn good album. So with that said, here's my pick for number one, cue the music. At the end of the day, we finally made the climb up to number one, and the album I picked for number one shares the following themes, sex, drugs, more sex, a few more drugs, and rock and roll. Released on September 24th, 1991 and produced by Rick Rubin, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, the fifth album from the Red Hot Chili Peppers is where we have come to the end of the list and say what you will yes okay maybe it's a cop-out to some of you but at the end of the day it really is their best work and it's always been the one it was the one that i gravitated to when i first started listening to alternative music blood sugar sex magic is one of those desert island albums. If you're stranded on a desert island, you can take a few albums with you and only a few. Blood Sugar Sex Magic is definitely one of those albums worthy of a desert island. Peaked at number three, it has been selling like hotcakes ever since, and it has been certified Seven times platinum. I apologize. I thought I thought it had already gone diamond by this point, since it had been almost thirty years. Actually, it is thirty years since the um came out, but it has certified platinum seven times over. Three times platinum in the United Kingdom. Double platinum in Spain. Quadruple platinum in can, in Canada. And yeah, blood sugar, sex, magic is definitely one of those albums that has stood the test of time 30 years after its release and it really is a damn good album whether you like to admit it or not blood sugar sex magic is one of the best albums of the 90s and of all time there's just no way around it and it even starts off strong i mean the power of equality i think is one of the most underrated Chili Pepper songs, and one of the best opening tracks of an album. It's just boom, 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 track after track after track. There's really not a terrible song on here i do have a couple of least favorites on here and we're going to get to those in just a bit but it really just goes on and on uh let me just read the track list to you the power of equality which you just heard if you have to ask is a good tune that i really thought should have been better and then we go into track three breaking the girl Without shame and hesitation, Breaking the Girl is not only my favorite song off of Blood Sugar Sex Magic, I will even one up and say it is my all time favorite Red Hot Chili Pepper song. And I'd like to play a clip of it for you right now. A Is just a beautiful track from start to finish you got the acoustic guitar from Fruscianti at the beginning and then you have the and then you have the woodwinds coming in as they lead in the bridge and chorus and then you have that breakdown with the percussion from from Chad Smith and it sounds like pots and pans being clanked around but my god even that it's it just sounded gorgeous from beginning to end i love breaking the girl it is a very good song and makes you think about how you treat your significant other and yes i'm not saying treat your wife. i'm talking about significant other this can appeal to anybody it could be breaking the what breaking the boy breaking the girl doesn't matter it makes you think about how you find yourself treating your significant other or any or family member Family member, loved one, and just learning from it. And Breaking the Girl is definitely a great song. It is my favorite Chili Peppers song without hesitation. I will defend this song to the day I die. And if you are up for it, I gotta recommend it. if you can find it on YouTube, good luck. Uh, but Anna Nolik, who was a one hit wonder in 2005, 2006 with Breathe 2 a.m., she uploaded a cover, a version of her singing Breaking the Girl, and it is just as beautiful as the Chili Peppers version. So we get more melody in this one, which would be better constructed by the time Californication came out. But they were definitely experimenting with more mellower sounds by this point. And then right after Breaking the Girl Ends, we get into Funky Monks, which is a five-and-a-half-minute funky jam. And then you get into Suck My Kiss, I Could Have Lied, followed by Mellowship, Slinky, and B Major. Those two tracks I think most people forget about were on that album. They are two of the most underappreciated tracks on Blood Sugar Sex Magic or on any Chili Peppers album for that matter. Uh, The Righteous and the Wicked is another good one. And we're already at the first, we already wrapped up the first half of Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Uh, We go into Give It Away, which I really am not the biggest fan of, mainly because it got played to death on radio and MTV to the point where I just got sick and tired of hearing it. And then we get into the title track, which, honest to God, that song slaps as far as title tracks go on chili peppers albums blood sugar sex magic definitely deserves your attention And then we get into Under the Bridge, which was the big hit off the album, the big video. And (laughs) honest to God, whenever I hear Under the Bridge and Give It Away, I do think of one particular song by Weird Al, the Bedrock Anthem, which was in the Alapalooza album, the video. Uh, starts off with the opening under the bridge. Before John Frusciante, or no, is there's a John Frusciante clone who kicks the blind Melon no rain bee girl? Are you confused yet? Good, so am I. Uh, so it starts off with the uh, with a parody of the no rain video from uh, Blind Melon, and then you have a guy who looks like John Frusciante pushes the bee girl off the stairs and busts out the opening under the bridge, followed by Weird Al in his Anthony Kiedis hair, singing about how he wants to go back to the city of Bedrock before Bedrock Anthem, which parodies Give It Away, kicks in. And my wife really hates whenever Give It Away is played on the radio, I bust out the Bedrock Anthem lyrics to her chagrin it's i mean i'm sorry that's what i associate the song with i can't help that bedrock anthem is an underappreciated weird al tune sue me <laughs> uh, but that is basically all i think of whenever you're give it away or under the bridge i apologize to anthony flea chad and john as far as this goes but i would think they would understand if they're even listening to this show they're not uh, But i'd be surprised but i apologize I associate, all I think of is weird how I want to hear those two songs. Uh, then we get into Naked in the Rain, which is a decent track. Not a favorite of mine, but decent nonetheless. Apache Rose Peacock, which is an oddball tune, followed by another oddball tune of The Greeting Song. And then track 15, My Lovely Man, which is a harrowing tribute to their fallen comrade and band member, Hillel Slovak. I'll see you later, my little man, if I can. Honestly, you would think that would be the end of the album. Oh no 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 no. We got two more songs to talk about on here. You've got the 8 minute eight, this 8 minute track Sir Psycho Sexy which just oozes sex the entire time. He's based it's basically Anthony Kiedis singing about his dick and singing about fucking a female cop. And let's be honest, if this song had come out this year Red Hot Chili Peppers would be hung from the rafters. This is not a song they could get away with doing right now. I mean, it was just as controversial 30 years ago as it would be now. And for the sake of the audience, I'm not going to play a clip of it because I think you would get the idea. I assume if you're listening to this episode and you've heard the Blood Sugar Sex Magic album, you are familiar with Sir Psycho Sexy. So you get the idea of what it's about. For those of you, I just gave you a brief example. If you want to hear it, go online and listen to it. That's all I'm going to say. And you would think that'd be the end, but nope. We have the 17th and final track, a one-minute ditty of Robert Johnson's They're Red Hot, which sounds nothing like anything on the album. It's just basically a straight-up funky blues ditty. And they do it justice. I think Robert Johnson would be proud. Uh, If you've ever listened to the bonus tracks on here, again, you can tell Chili Peppers were huge Hendrix fans, and Hendrix was an influence on the band because if you downloaded the album or bought the album off of iTunes, you got a couple of bonus tracks. This wouldn't come out until 20 years after the original release, but... Little Miss Lover and Castles Made of Sand, studio versions of it, mind you, which brings the album on iTunes to about 80 minutes. As is, it's a 74-minute album, and it really is a good album. It, If you uh, ask me what albums define the 90s, you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody that wouldn't put Blood Sugar Sex Magic that high up. It's not my number one favorite album of the 90s, but... At the end of the day, it is definitely one of the best albums of the 1990s. And it is the one that I uh, that got me into the band. I mean, say what you will about them. Uh, say what you will about the album. Okay, I get it. It's probably overrated. You're right. I will agree with you on that one. But it really is a good album. It is the one that is most familiar just as much as Californication is. But Blood Sugar Sex Magic basically was what put the band on the map. Between Rick Rubin's production and the musical stylings different from previous albums, this is what the Chili Peppers sound was going to be. And this is what it was going forward. I mean, there w- it, with one hot minute in between Blood Sugar and Californication, that's basically the trifecta of classic Chili Peppers, as far as I'm concerned. The Chili Peppers epitomize the 1990s, along with a couple with several other bands. But the Chili Peppers, you instantly think of the 90s when you think of the 90s music. Chili Peppers are definitely up there on the list, and I put Blood Sugar Sex Magic up on the list. It is my number one album as far as the chili peppers are concerned it's just a straight-up classic from start to finish uh i will always associate the this album when i think of the band it's it is the first album i think of and with that said i think it's time we put this episode under the bridge oh shut up And just like that, another random album ranking is in the books. But before I go, let's take one final recap from worst to best. Coming in at number 11, I have their self-titled debut album from 1984, followed immediately after that by their most recent release, The Getaway, at number 10. At number nine, I have the Uplift MoFo Party Plan, followed by Stadium Arcadium at number eight. I'm With You at number seven, Freaky Stiley from 1985 coming in at number six. And my top five are, by the way, One Hot Minute, Mother's Milk, Californication, and my pick for number one, the 1991 masterpiece, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. And that's going to do it for this edition of Random Album Rankings. Thank you so much for joining me. Be sure you tune in next week when I tackle the discography of Dwight Yoga. So with that said, be sure to follow this podcast on Instagram at random.album. If you listen to this podcast on Google Cast or iTunes, please leave a review, leave comments. I'll read them. I'll even read them right here on the show. And you can also leave messages on the Anchor website at anchor.fm slash random-album. And I'll play those messages on a future episode as well. And remember, listener support is greatly appreciated. This podcast runs on listener support. So if you're up to it and want to learn more, go to the Random Album website on anchor.fm. Click on listener support to learn more. You can donate as little as 99 cents a month, not even a buck. You can even uh, save a little bit of money and pay for that car bill. (laughs) Maybe. But uh, until then i'm bc saying the world is your oyster get out there go shuck it be sure to tell your friends about this podcast goodbye everybody you may think this idea is dumb well you're wrong it's actually random